Hello friends and welcome to another episode of Find Your Model Health, the podcast for those looking to optimize their long-term health and weight goals and understand how their body works. I am your host, I am Shemaine Laney, I'm a fitness and nutrition expert, biohacker and certified iridologist, but I'm sure many of you already knew that because you, um, well, I have noticed that there's lots of recurring followers and of course my clients listening here too. So welcome, welcome, I hope you're all really well on this mid-March morning. Time is flying. Can you believe it's nearly April already? This month has just flew by. Anyway, this week's topic has been brought up several times over the last week and I'm not exaggerating. I have gotten five or six messages from different people just asking for some support and advice around fatty liver. Now, fatty liver has been on the rise over years with the increase in metabolic diseases and issues like obesity and diabetes and blood pressure issues and all that because inherently they all do go hand in hand. But I do wonder if the last year of restrictions and lockdowns and stress has maybe exacerbated the problem a bit. People have been comfort eating, uh, gyms have been closed and when gyms get closed not everyone has the motivation to work out at home. Some people do just throw in the towel and resort to Netflix binges dare I say. Um, and I'm not trying to point the finger at anyone but this is the truth, this is just how it is and I think some of it is just um, natural in our human landscape. Some of us are very motivated, some not so much. Some of us are great at one thing, some of us are terrible, and that's just how it is. But it makes me wonder if the last year has um, sped up the occurrence of a lot of illnesses and diseases. It's just something to think about. So in this part one of the liver podcast, I want to help you, well, fatty liver, I want to help you understand how fatty liver occurs, the instances of it. And then in part two, we're going to look at um, how can we start to address what are the best approaches to take with fatty liver, um, maybe some supplements that can help, some herbal medicine. But of course, the information in these podcast episodes is for informational purposes only and should not be taken as medical advice. So please do consult your medical practitioner or healthcare practitioner before making any lifestyle changes. But let's go on. Um, and again, as always as well, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me. You can find me right now on Facebook and Instagram at Shemaine's Model Health or my website is shemainesmodelhealth.com and there's a button there that you can contact me through. Okay, so fatty liver. Fatty liver is more and more common nowadays um, and it's not just solely connected to alcohol as we used to think. So fatty liver 
also can be referred to as hepatic steatosis. And it happens when we get a buildup of fat in the liver, known as triglycerides. And having small amounts of fat in your liver is normal. It's part of survival. We need to have a little amount of fat, the same as we need to have glucose in the liver to help us survive when maybe there is food scarcity or maybe we're in some sort of survival situation. Now, your liver is the second largest organ in your body and it not only helps um, process nutrients from our food and help them go to where they need to be go, but it also filters toxins and chemicals and other harmful substances from our blood. Now, our liver pretty much filters all our blood every hour, which is insane. It's constantly working. But when we look at having too much fat in your liver, not only can that cause issues or disease, we see that it drives up liver inflammation, which can damage the liver tissues and create scarring or even lesions in the liver. Um, and in some severe cases, this scarring can lead to chronic liver failure. Now, when fatty liver develops in someone who drinks a lot of alcohol, like we used to have that common belief, it was known as alcoholic fatty liver disease, but more commonly just called fatty liver disease. So people were used to hearing fatty liver disease and associating with the alcohol aspect and not understanding that, hey, actually it doesn't just get caused by fatty liver, but more and more people are becoming aware of that now. But in saying that, I still get comments off people that say I just got diagnosed with fatty liver disease but I don't drink alcohol. So there's still a small percentage of society that don't understand that fatty liver can be caused by other things. So if someone doesn't drink a lot of alcohol, we are referring to fatty liver disease as non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. Or you might see me type it as NAFLD for short. Um, now, according to researchers in the World Journal of Gastroenterology, fatty liver affects between 25 to 30% of the people worldwide. And that can be broken down into denominations in the different countries, but the percentage is still the same in most countries, 25 to 30%, which is quite a lot. So the other 70% then, I would wonder if the, that number is changing um, and how up to date these numbers really are considering everything we've been through in the last year. But that's 30% that's of the world population with fatty liver disease. And then we look at all the other diseases and metabolic disorders. Like, not to scare people, but we should kind of be worried about where the health of the world is going right now. And I mean, it's on each of us to take responsibility for our health, but there's many health professionals out there like me that will be that kind of guide and pillar of support for you if you need it. Anyway, I digress. Um, so we look at symptoms of fatty liver. Um, in many cases, fatty liver 
causes no real noticeable symptoms unless it coincides with say diabetes or blood pressure or maybe cholesterol issues in other parts of the body maybe around the heart uh, heart palpitations or something like that but in some people you may feel tired or even experience some sort of discomfort or pain in the upper right side of your abdominals and that can be because of that inflammation not just on the liver but when the liver and the tissues become very inflamed it can press on the other organs and push them up and out into places that they're not supposed to be in and you can feel a lot of discomfort there and even if you don't have fatty liver as a side note if you have inflammation in other organs of the body again that can push its brother or sister organs out of place and cause you pain and discomfort so that is something to be aware of but um when we have fatty liver disease there or present and then we develop complications like that liver scarring or lesions that I mentioned, we can develop what's known as liver fibrosis. Now, if you develop severe liver fibrosis, that then gets called or develops into cirrhosis. Um, and cirrhosis may cause symptoms that are quite noticeable this is where you start to say oh i should probably see my doctor there might be something happening here um like loss of appetite weight loss um weakness fatigue nosebleeds can be quite common itchy skin and don't stress i've been getting messages about itchy skin lately and most of it has been down to uticaria and stress so just because you have itchy skin doesn't mean you have liver disease um one more common one that i think a lot of people are aware of when there's liver issues is yellow skin or yellow in the sclera or whites of your eyes and that's something i always keep an eye on i am a certified iridologist so i do look at the eyes when i need an extra bit of reinforcement to what i think may be going on and the eyes can be good indicators there at least for the major organs um you can also get um, clusters of blood vessels under your skin. So they might appear like your spider veins or we call them thread veins too. You get that abdominal pain like I mentioned as the organs are inflamed. And that can also cause um, protruding or bloating or swelling of the abdominal cavity because everything's getting pushed out with all that inflammation. Now, we know that the liver is really important for keeping our detoxification pathways moving well, our lymphatic system, our blood flow. So if your liver is having issues, you may experience swelling in the body, but particularly in the lower part of your body. Because of the way the human body is designed, a lot of the flow of fluids in our lower body is fighting against gravity. So we can experience more swelling in the lower part of our body in the upper part as those fluids tend to struggle more to come back to be pumped through our excretory organs and this is why I encourage inversion moves a lot with my clients just to help the body with that um, movement of fluids from the feet and the lower legs. Now, um, 
We can also experience some brain fog and confusion as well with liver because there may be a toxic buildup there. And because I think um, a lot of issues will coincide with blood sugar issues and overconsumption of certain foods like uh, hydrogenated fats, processed foods, excess carbohydrates slash sugars. And we all know that they do contribute to cellular damage and your brain cells are cells and they will experience cellular damage and if they're not working properly we call that um, cellular malfunction or the mitochondria are not functioning properly so that cell is not performing anyway and then as a side note um, we may see um, man boobs or moves or breast enlargement in men when there are liver issues and that does bring us back to that whole carbohydrate trans fats poor nutrition area um, and there's other aspects of hormones there but th this is a general overlook of this um, now when we look at cirrhosis and I know we all pronounce it differently you know I'm Irish so I pronounce things kind of harder than Americans do um, but cirrhosis is a potentially life-threatening condition so if you've Honestly, if you feel there is an issue with your liver, you want to go to your doctor and request some tests. So we'll be looking at the testing now in a minute. But what are the causes of fatty liver? Well, we know alcohol is. Um, but then we also know there are other things associated with the formation of fatty liver which is stress is a big one i'm just going to start off with that because most of us are stressed up to our eyeballs the last month but also um excessive carbohydrates and trans fat consumption and now the trans fats topic is very confusing for a lot of people i term toxic fats as trans fats so these are going to be your highly processed inflammatory fats your vegetable oils um, your hydrogenated fats your fats that have been cooked at a high temperature so your greasy foods but then also these toxic fats that are weaved into processed and prepackaged foods as well you're looking at your margarine and your shortening and uh, even soybean oil there's a lot of um, concerns around that so but I generally use the term trans fats is an umbrella term for all of the um, subsequent types of fats if that makes sense but fatty liver develops when your body produces too much fat or doesn't metabolize the fat efficiently enough um, the excess fat is stored in your liver cells where it accumulates and causes fatty liver disease now two things to highlight there when your body produces too much fat why does our body produce too much fat well our body produces too much fat generally when we uh, overconsume carbohydrates or junk food and also when we're in states of chronic chronic stress the body will create its own fat when you are stressed if you're in heightened chronic stress all day every day even if you eat nothing but broccoli your body can create its own fat and that's not a comfort for most people right now i know i'm sorry but i do want you to know how this works so 
um, when we consume too much carbohydrates and even too much good fat can cause the body to make fat as well. Like calories do play a part. The only foods that we really will not make body fat out of is protein, but, and I'll highlight but, that is in context. So there's a context there. I'm not going to get into it, but th this goes back to why you would want to work with someone so they can advise you properly and hopefully they know that everything needs to be in context. Um, anyway, and then when the body doesn't metabolize fat efficiently enough. So to metabolize something means to break down something and use it the way it needs to be used. So to metabolize fat or energy stores, we need to break them down and then use them. So shuttle them into the cells, into the mitochondria to be used for energy. When we metabolize nutrients, we break down nutrients, let's just say protein, into its simplest form, which would be amino acids, and then shuttle them into the tissues or the cells to be used the way they're used for regeneration and healing and all that. Um, so when we say the liver develops excess fat when your body doesn't metabolize fat efficiently, then we're like, well, the fat that I'm consuming, the fat that I have on my body or in my body already, am I breaking that down? Am I using that efficiently? Um, am I using it for energy? Am I burning it off? How am I using it? Even right down to like the food, the food that you're consuming, how are you using it? Are you burning it off efficiently? That's where the fat loss kind of campaign idea comes into when someone's trying to lose body fat. Obviously, um, calories and quality and nutrition they all play a part in hormones, but the, we do have to look at am I using the food that I'm taking into my body, one for healing and regeneration, but also the rest of it for energy utilization too. Um, okay, so the buildup of fat can be caused by several things that we've already looked at, um, but just to highlight this a bit more, and I hate to sound like the bad guy, I feel like I'm the bad guy because Sometimes I feel like I repeat some things a lot, but I, I'm not pointing fingers or anything. I'm just saying it how the science is. So we've got the drinking too much alcohol. We've got maybe overeating. We've got not exercising enough. We've got overconsumption of um, carbohydrates and processed foods and prepackaged foods and even fat to some extent, um, good or bad. Um, so when we look at factors playing a role that may give you the outcome of fatty liver, we are looking at um, obesity, high blood, blood sugar issues, um, so blood sugar imbalances, insulin resistance, blood pressure, high blood pressure can be an indicator that there may be something going on, um, and then high levels of fat, especially those triglycerides in your blood. And then we have some less common causes that may be just acute um, like pregnancy, uh, rapid weight loss when done in an unhealthy way, I have to add that in there. Infections like hepatitis C can cause liver issues. Um, 
medications, overconsumption of medications and painkillers and antibiotics, they can be really, really damaging on the liver because all of those have to be filtered through your liver. And the more you're taking, the more medications you're taking, the more antibiotics you're taking, the more stress, the more overload you're putting into that liver. Um, and this is even true for supplements. This is true. And I believe it or not, I do tell people to pull back on supplements, especially when, um, for instance, there was a girl I did a consultation with recently and I established during our consultation so our call that I felt there was toxic overload going on in her body so I asked for a picture of her irises um, as close up as we could get them and based on what I saw in her iris I was like yeah there's toxic overload and I combined that with her symptom picture and then the supplements she told me she was taking so she wasn't actually taking medication but supplements and I was like I need you to pull back on some of these because you're putting too much demand on your liver and you already have toxic overload there. So we need to pull back on some stuff. And when we did immediately, I mean, immediately that night, we saw an improvement in her sleep. And then I added in a binder to help um, the body detox and help the liver detox the toxins. But what I'm saying is even too many medications and antibiotics antibiotics. Um, everyone, anyone who listens to me knows that I'm against Advil and Tylenol. I absolutely am. I would rather just suffer in pain than take any of that. Believe me, I have suffered in pain without taking anything. Um, but some of the most damaging types of medications for your liver can be metotrexate, so maybe more commonly known as Trexol. Uh, tamoxifen, which is very common, um, aminodurone, which is also known as passerone, valproic acid, which is also known as uh, depacote, um, and then there's some other ones, but those are the main ones. But the more common one, I feel, in my opinion, from what I hear with talking to people, is going to be that tamoxifen. Um, um, and then... So most people are taking tamoxifen. It's a prescription drug and it's generally used for, um, generally used to help reduce the risk of certain types of endocrine issues, kind of like an endocrine therapy. Um, so it's a hormonal therapy. It has been used in certain types of breast cancers, but I do see it get used a lot for lowering estrogen levels. Um, and I've spoke a lot about estrogen and estrogen dominance and menstrual cycle issues. So that's one I think people need to be aware of is tamoxifen. There, there are natural ways. There are there are natural ways. I know people can be somewhat apprehensive to natural and a bit stubborn to try the natural alternatives, but I promise you, I have used natural alternatives right down to the very basic vitamin C with women to improve hormonal levels. Anyway, another digression. I like to do that a lot. So when we look at testing for fatty liver, uh, getting that diagnosis that there may be a fatty liver there. Um, so your doctor is going to do a physical. 
So most of us should be getting a physical at least once a year. Um, if there are health issues already present, then I recommend at least at least twice a year. Some people I'll even recommend every quarter. But for a healthy person that has no kind of confirmed medical issues and they feel good, once a year I think is enough. Um, but anyway, so to diagnose fatty liver, if your doctor suspects that you might have fatty liver, he's going to look at maybe um, the family medical history, uh, any sort of genetic predispositions there. Um, they will, like there's a chance they're going to ask you about alcohol and maybe smoking. It's very rare that your doctor will ask about your nutrition, but they might. If they're a good doctor, they should. They will look at any medical conditions you already have, any medications that you're already taking, and then any new uh, occurrences of symptoms or changes in biomarkers or re recent changes in your health. So if you've all of a sudden started experiencing fatigue or loss of appetite or a rash or yellowing of your eyes or anything, they're going to look at that. So, But during your liver information or... During your physical exam, your doctor may just um, press on your ad abdomen or your um, the right side of your body, what we call palpate, to see if they can feel if your liver is enlarged or if it's inflamed. Um, this can be possible to diagnose by just feeling around, but in a lot of people, you may need to have a blood test done to see if there's elevated liver enzymes. So I usually will ask clients when they send me or tell send me their pathology tests or even tell me um, if there there was any issues with their liver enzymes so your doctor may order an ALT so alanine aminotransferase test or AST which is a spartate aminotransferase and these will be used to check your liver enzymes um, so you can request your doctor to test for them as well I mean they're, they shouldn't be an extra expense. They should, I mean, I've seen them. They're on most pathology tests. You just are requisitions. You just have to tick the box. So you can ask your doctor. But elevated liver enzymes are a sign of liver inflammation. Um, and fatty liver disease is one potential cause of liver inflammation. So if you do get a pathology test, Here's some good advice for you. If you do get a pathology test that shows high liver enzymes, but you haven't got a confirmation of fatty liver and you're a bit concerned about it, you should, I would advise you schedule a consultation with myself or another health professional like a naturopath, explain that you've elevated liver enzymes, and then during the consultation, we or they should go through your lifestyle factors, your nutrition, your bowel movements, your sleep, everything and anything that would be able to help then give um, better direction or somewhat of a diagnosis of if you do have fatty liver disease. But once you get tested positive for elevated liver enzymes, your doctor should then order more tests like um, an ultrasound or CT scan, or if you're very low, 
lucky and you have a really good doctor and MRI scan. Usually MRIs are the last resort if there's a real big concern because they're so expensive and doctors are cheap even though they don't have to pay for it themselves. Um, I probably shouldn't have said that. But I've said it now. Um, you can also then get a liver biopsy. Some, if there's a real, real concern of liver issues, a liver biopsy will be ordered to determine the severity of the liver disease. And during that biopsy, a doctor will insert a needle into your liver and remove a tiny, teeny piece of tissue for examination. And they usually will give you, um, well, they will give you a local anesthetic to lessen the pain. Um, and then this test can help determine if you have fatty liver disease as well as any liver scarring or lesions. So one thing about the liver biopsy, this is going to be hard for some people, but I think it's important to know. So if you do go for a liver biopsy, you will be given a local anesthetic to lessen the pain. But then there's chances of further pain and even cramping as the anesthetic wears off. Some people might experience constipation as well, uh, just for that anesthesia response in the body. Anesthesia can be quite dehydrating to the body. So that people are going to want to turn towards that Advil and the Tylenol and even the laxatives and I of course advise against that. I would rather you looked towards your more natural anti-inflammatories. We're looking at our krill oil, we're looking at turmeric, ginger, cinnamon, uh, vitamin D. You a high, high dose of vitamin D is going to spin down inflammation quite fast, especially when combined with the likes of krill oil and berberine. And this is not to be taken as medical advice. This is um, education. This is just for informational purposes. Then vitamin C is a very good anti-inflammatory, especially in the gut or the intestines. Um, so not only can it, if you get an effervescent vitamin C, you can get that ascorbic acid into the tissues a lot more readily. You're also getting the increase in water there and you're helping push down the inflammation. Magnesium is going to be a really good one. If you can get some peace and quiet after a biopsy in your house, I recommend taking maybe some magnesium and peppermint tea and just go for a sleep. Sleep is where we do our healing and regeneration. So if you can go for a sleep, then you're going to just allow your body to push down inflammation and cortisol levels naturally and go into its anabolic phase uh, where we produce our human growth hormone that helps us um, heal and regenerate and build new tissues as well as the, that's where we get most of our fat burning but I'm going to leave this at this for part one in part two we're going to look at some sort of treatments and addressing fatty liver all for educational purposes of course um, but I hope you found this somewhat enlightening if you have any questions please reach out to me as always, please share with anyone you feel may benefit from this information. Sharing is caring. And um, 
if you feel I deserve it, I would ask you please to leave me a review on whatever platform you listen to me on, or even if it's Google or my Facebook page, because leaving reviews to small business owners and entrepreneurs like myself, it really helps us a lot. It helps um, our affinity on Google and Facebook search engines, and also helps us reach more people and kind of get the word out and help more people take responsibility for their health. If you know me, you know that I always say, somehow, for some reason, combined with my own health and fat loss journey, I was given this gift to help people. And if you know me and work with me, you know I genuinely help people. I want to help people. I turn up every day. I continue to research and help and advise every single day because I believe it's a gift and I really do want to help everyone be their best, their healthiest, their strongest, feel their best in themselves. It's not always about how you look. In order for us to live a fulfilled, happy life, we have to feel good in ourselves as well and our abilities to move and maneuver through life and play with our kids and be around to see our grandkids. So um, yes, if you feel I deserve it, I would really appreciate a review um, on your podcast platform or wherever you feel like it. But anyway, not to go on too much, I'll chat to you guys next week for part two of Fatty Liver. But in the meantime, enjoy the rest of your week. Stay safe um, and do get out and enjoy that sunshine. Sunshine is so wonderful. Okay, bye-bye.